Hey everybody, good morning and welcome to New Hope Community Church. What a great day to be in the house of the Lord. If you want to make your way back to your seats, find a seat. Find a seat, we're going to get rolling here. Dave's not here. Find a seat. We love you. Good to be in the house of the Lord. Good to fellowship with one another. God is good. And all the time. Hey, before, what's up? All right, high five. Jesus said, let the little children come to me. Always bother, well, you got kids walking around and running around the church. Praise God, amen. Amen. Praise God. We love our kids. This is a good place to bring your kids. Good place to invite your friends. Hey, um, before we get started with our praise and worship uh, today, I just want to mention that um, this Thursday we are planning on having a fundraiser. So we've had a little bit of low participation um, and maybe just because, you know, people have been gone and we've been traveling, um, you know, we haven't got a chance to really promote it right, but we're scheduled to do it this Thursday. So we're going to have tickets up front. So if you want a ticket, I'm just going to ask that you see my wife, Sherry, and she's going to be able to hook you up. So what we're planning is a really fun night Um, And it's going to be a class on how to do caricatures. How many know what caricatures are? All right, a lot of you do. Maybe you went somewhere and you've had somebody draw one of you. If you came to one of our Valentine's Day fundraisers, you've you've had, um, maybe you've had one done of you or you see them a lot at fairs. So we are blessed to have uh, a person in this church Uh, Brian, also known as Toon Brian, he likes to sit all the way in the back, so we don't always get to talk to him. He kind of keeps the back row safe and nice and warm back there. But um, he makes a full-time living. Uh, As a matter of fact, this week he was at the Big Butler Fair uh, all week long. And so uh, basically what we were planning on is this Thursday, July 13th, starting at 6 p.m. till about 9-ish, Uh, We were going to have a class, and it was going to include a light dinner. um, And also, um, there was going to be an instructional on how you would do a caricature. And then guess what? You're going to draw. You're going to draw a couple people. We have a couple models coming in that are going to have our, that we're going to draw. Namely, Evan and Ella, we're going to draw too. And also, um, we are going to, you're going to have, you're going to be paired up with a partner that you're going to draw. So while you're there, you're going to draw about four different caricatures, and we're going to just have a lot of laughs, and we're going to give away some prizes and stuff, and it's going to be a really, really fun night. So we originally had uh, the tickets at $30, so just because we want to get some more people there, we're going to reduce the price to $20 a person. Again, that includes dinner. Uh, It's a fundraiser um, for the church, and Um, If you want a ticket for that this Thursday, go ahead and see Sherry. We'd like to get about at least 20 people to to make it happen, but this kind of has to be the last day because we got to get food and everything like that. So if you've been waiting, you know, wait no more, and today can be 
uh, your day. So go ahead and get the ticket. Sherry will be around during service, and you can just find her. If you can't find her, just give me a shout or whatever, and we'll make sure that we put a ticket aside. Amen? Well, you know, there's a story in the Bible about um, a- an army that was going to war, and they were going to go to war, and God said, I want you to put all your praise leaders, I want you to put your singers and your musicians, I want, that, I want you to put them in front of the army, and, and I want you to march out, and I want you to begin to praise the Lord, and although the enemy that is coming against you is great, when, when they hear the praise, when they hear the, the shouts, guess what? The battle is not yours, but it's the Lord's, amen? amen. And so the reason that we do praise and worship before the message, before the service, is because we want to praise God, and we believe that God shows up. Our praise and worship leaders lead us in the presence of the Lord. And so whatever battle you're facing, you know, sometimes we want to fight, and we want to yell, and we want to we want to do this, and we want to call this person, and, and we want to get even, and we want to do all this stuff. But how many know that the battle is not yours, the battle is the Lord's? Yes, and yes. I don't know about you, but I would rather the Lord fight my battles than me fight my own battles. I've done my own share of fighting my own battles, and I just seem to make a bigger mess every time I do it. But when I trust it in the hands of God, because... I am a child of God, amen? And anybody who has put their faith in Jesus Christ, the Bible says that it gave them power to be called children of God. And we have a good father, we have a perfect father, and he knows how to fight for his children, amen? So I want to encourage you, just everybody to just stand to your feet. And no matter what you're going through, no matter what you need, I want to just tell you, That if you will just start praising them, even if you're tired, even if you're ready to give up, even if if you don't feel like doing it, just give them praise. And I'm going to tell you, the Bible says that God inhabits the praises of his people. When praises go up, blessing come down. And this place is going to fill with the presence of the almighty God. And when the Holy Spirit begins to move, things start to happen. When the Holy Spirit begins to move, drug addicts begin to get set free. When the Holy Spirit begins to move, sick bodies begin to get healed. Amen. When when, when the Holy Spirit begins to move, things that once seemed impossible become possible. Amen. So let's praise Him. Let's praise Him. Lord, I thank You for what You're going to do here today. I thank You for the gathering of the saints here at New Hope Community Church in Ambridge, Lord. We just invite your presence to be here among us, Lord. Move in a powerful way. Have your way, Jesus. Have your way in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody shout it, amen, amen. Take it away, praise team. Oh, Lord, can we give a shout of praise? Can we get a shout of praise to our Father? I love when our God shows up. I love when our God makes a way. I love when our God enters this kingdom. 
I love when our God enter our lives. Come on, guys, we got to be set free. We got to be set free. We got to be free to worship. We got to be ready to let everything go. We got to be ready to let our life down. We got to be ready to be that dead man walking in his air. Come on, guys, let's rise up for our fathers. Oh, Lord, I'm going to see his victory. The weapon may be formed, but it won't prosper. When the darkness falls, it won't prevail. Cause the God I serve knows only how to triumph. And my God will never fail. Let's sing that again. The weapon, the weapon may be born, but it won't prosper. When the darkness falls, it won't prevail. Cause the God I serve knows only how to triumph. And my God will never fail. My God, and my God will never fail. I'm gonna see a victory.
thankful, Lord. I want to give my thanks this morning for you, Lord. Father, I just thank you for this time, for allowing us to be in your presence, Lord. Can we just sit here? Can we just sit here and just soak with you, Father? Just be comforted by your presence, Lord. Allow us to see where our lives could be if we give it all to you. Allow us to see where our lives could be if we gave it all to you. Father, in your presence, we're made new, we're made whole, we're restored. So, Father, I thank you for healing us right now. I thank you for healing us right now, Lord. As we soak in your presence, I thank you for giving us that strength, giving us that courage to just achieve your goal, achieve what you have for us, Father. Thank you for building us up in this time, Lord. Allowing us to be way makers in your name, Lord. Allowing us to knock down those doors in your name, Lord. Let us be built up by you in this time, Father. Let us realize our foundation is built with you, Lord. Nobody, nothing else but you, Father.
time together, Lord, and as we continue to just stay in your presence, Lord, and as this service continues, Lord, that you open our ears so that we can listen to your voice today, Father. I ask that you clear our minds so that we can hear and listen and just vision you today, Lord. Father, let us not come today with a cup full, but let us come ready to receive. Receive whatever you have for us in this, in this church today, Lord. Father, give us the strength today so that we can lay down our burdens and lay down our hurts to you. Let us realize that you are our friend and that you are our father. That you're just calling us to reach out. You're just saying, grab me, grab me so I can give you what you want, so I can give you what I have, so I can give you what, I, what I've been wanting to give you for so long, Father. So, Father, empty these people today so that they can receive you and only you. And, Father, as these kids get ready to hear your word and learn your word, Lord, Give these teachers the strength, the strength to pour out into these children, to pour out your love, to pour out your wonders, to show them that you are the true king, that you are a father, that you are that one, to show them that they're nothing, they're nothing without you, Father. We are children of God. We are children of God. And I thank you for that, Lord. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. As the children make their way back to their classrooms, good to be in the presence of the Lord. Amen. We could just stay in that same spirit of worship and have the ushers come forward. We're going to take today's offering. If you'd rather give electronically, there's a QR code on your bulletin. There's also some other ways to give that they're going to put up on the screen. He's crying because he don't want worship to end. He's like, no, I want more worship. Come on, I don't want it to end. Not the offering. The Bible says it's better to give than to receive. Because when you receive, that's all you'll ever get. But when you give, your giving becomes a seed that you sow. And God's word said that he's able to multiply that seed to give you an abundance for every good work. So I would just ask you to pray about what the Lord would have you give and just be faithful to that. And I'll just come into agreement that God will bless you and he'll provide for every one of your needs through his riches and glory. So, Lord, we just thank you. We thank you for just everything you've given us, even the breath in our lungs and our health and to be in such a prosperous country where we have so many opportunities. Lord, we thank you for our church family. We thank you that you are doing a, a unique thing here in Ambridge and amongst us, Lord. So I just pray that um, for anybody here who's just financially struggling, Lord, I pray that you would just bless their finances, Lord. Anything they give, you would multiply that, Lord, so that they would have everything that they would need. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You guys can go ahead and... Begin taking the offering. As the ushers 
uh, make their way back to give the offering, um, I, I've been asking some of our missions group, if you're new here, we just recently had a group of 10 of us that went on a uh, missions trip out to Los Angeles to assist with the ministry of the Los Angeles Dream Center, uh, ministering in uh, inner city Los Angeles, uh, some of the most impoverished areas in, in LA. And um, I think like all of us got a lot out of it. Um, so I've been having the guys kind of give some testimonies about, you know, some of their experiences and what God did through them. So I'm going to bring up, uh, if you don't know, Sean Duguay, we call him Donnie Donut, or we call him Macho Donut, and uh, we love him. I, I knew him a little bit before the trip, but I got to actually room with him and Dave, and how many know that you really get to know somebody when you're their roommate for a week, so it's just a real blessing, uh, you know, he, he loves the Lord, has a real passion for, you know, just you know, hates injustice, uh, loves people, funny, and so uh, I'll let you, I'll let him introduce himself, but uh, he's going to share a little bit about what the Lord did in his life. Thanks, Pastor Rick. Just have to make we sure you're unmuted. There we go. Nope. Not yet. Screen. There we go. We got it. I want to thank Pastor Rick and the New Hope Community Church. You know, this is something that I've uh, I've envisioned for my family to be a part of since 2020. And when Pastor Rick put on Facebook about uh, looking for a few people to go on the trip, I immediately I texted my wife and I said, hey, there's an opportunity. And she said, where? So I sent Pastor Rick a text and he sent me a couple of videos about what the Dream Center is about. And when my wife got home from work, we sat down and we watched those and we looked at each other and she's like, that's what we envisioned for the Donnie Donut Project. And to be planted here in Ambridge, wasn't sure, you know, with everything that has transpired for us, I still had questions, but at the same time I was praying and I was asking for help. And the help came along as new hope. When I prayed for love, I was reintroduced to Jesus in 2021. I prayed for faith and was baptized in August of 2021 in Rochester with at Faith to Faith with Pastor Bill Bloom. And then we relocated again here to Ambridge to start planting some seeds. And I was asking for help, and as I said, I was given new hope. And for the trip for me, Tuesday, it, it was very relating for me because every testimony we heard, I had one thing in common with everybody that shared their testimony, and that was that they were a convicted felon. And they were the folks making the change and leading by example, in Los Angeles. And to be able to be a part of that when society says it's impossible, the world says you can't. Well, this book right here says you can. 
And the only thing I've ever asked was to be heard. And I had to learn patience. And going out to the Dream Center with the Dream Team, for the first week of my entire life, I was on offense for the entire week. I did not have to play defense at all. And then last Friday, well, Wednesday, I was asked to lead the devotion Friday. And I had never done that before. And it's something that I had wanted. I was nervous. I was scared. But I ponied up. I woke up. Even though we were on the West Coast, I was still waking up with you all back here. It was 4.30 in the morning. I was up. <laughs> I kept that routine. And Friday morning, I put together my devotional. And we ended up not getting to that until after our morning service, which we did construction. And uh, Eddie sharing his testimony with us. He was uh, La Primera. Uh, a gang that's in California, in Los Angeles. And he went to prison with a six-year prison sentence, which later turned into life. And after 13 years, he was given new hope. He was given a second chance. And he's been with the Dream Center for a little over four years, and he oversees their construction crew that we got to serve with. Pastor Rick was a beast cutting down them trees out there. <laughs> and Joel Joel did a, a front flip off the top of the truck into the trees in the back of the truck to smash it down. Eddie's like, whoa, you Pittsburgh guys are crazy. <laughs> but I wanted to share my devotional that I did Friday morning with you guys. And I'm going to start with 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 10 and 11. Therefore, we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body, according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Knowing, therefore, the terror of the Lord, we persuade men, but we are well-known to God, and I also trust are well-known in your conscience." And then Eddie shared his testimony with us, and we didn't get the devotional before we got his testimony. So I was able to uh, do the devotional to load up, to get suited and booted with our armor an hour before we were walking into Skid Row. So after lunch, we met in the chapel, in the back of the chapel, and I was able to share the devotional. And consequences and motives are both major issues. Consequences for selfish and destructive behavior reach even beyond the boundaries of this life. All of us will stand before God's judgment and receive his piercing review. For those of you who believed in Jesus Christ for salvation, this judgment will also include the giving of rewards Understand that our actions and our commitments do have eternal consequences. And they can help us think twice before we act. And it can motivate us to do things according to God's plan and not the false plan of the world. The world says you can't 
God says you can. Now all things are of God when he has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ. And he has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Mike touched on reconciliation Friday night also. God has given us the task of reconciling people to him. On Wednesday, we went to MacArthur Park on Tuesday. And on Wednesday, we ended up back at MacArthur Park. So the day after Mike had his experience, I come across a gentleman by the name of Mark. And he had recently come to California three weeks prior. He came from Miami, California. He had been homeless for the last three years. He was a successful businessman. Uh, his daughter is a missions doctor who travels the world. When Mark was a child, his parents were murdered in a home invasion armed robbery. And he was adopted by his grandparents' neighbor, who was a Filipino lady who is currently moving back to California. Uh, after we met with him there at MacArthur Park, he shared his story with me, and I related with him. And he's like, wait a minute, you came to California to be homeless, and you're out here helping us? I said, no, 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 no. I came out here to give hope that this isn't the end of the road. You, have, you still have a chance. And we sat there and we told him about the Dream Center. While we sat there, we prayed with him. Not for him, we prayed with him. And he called his mom and told his mom that he was going to the Dream Center. And he was going to start the one-year discipleship program. So I'm, I'm waiting to hear back from his mom. I want to stay in touch with Mark. And continue on to 2 Corinthians 5.20. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. We are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through each and every one of us right here today. Every one of us that's outside watching, they see it. And we speak for Christ when we plead the blood of Jesus. Come back to God. For he says, in an acceptable time, I have heard you. And in the day of salvation, I have helped you. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now, now is the day of salvation. Do you have your armor on? That was how I ended the devotional because we had to make sure our armor was tight because we were walking in to some of the darkest trenches that this country has to offer and we weren't walking in there to be the sunlight in somebody's best day. We, were work we walked in there being the moonlight of somebody's darkest night, giving them hope, spreading that light. And I, th I, I will... I don't think anybody other than God will ever understand how grateful I am to have the help. Not just the help, but the new hope. Because for the first time in my life, I have love, I have faith, and I have new hope. All at the same time. I've had it throughout my life in spurts, but at no point did I ever have all three. And when you have all three... 
the Lord says you are able. So go get your hats because you are capable. Amen. Now I'm going to give it back up to Pastor Rick because the macho man Randy Savage once had a, an issue with President Jack Tunney in the WWF. I was dubbed the Macho Donut while we were in California. So at this time, the Macho Donut has nothing but love for Pastor Rick Thornhill. Oh, yeah. That's why we're here, right? That's what it's all about. Me and Sean found out through rooming together that, you know, we were both huge wrestling fans, so kind of connected on that level. Um, but anyway, uh, my message today is it's time to take the mountain. It's time to take the mountain. If you have your Bibles with you, open up to Mark chapter 11. Give you a little bit to get there. It's time to take the mountain. If you're there, say amen. Jesus said, have faith in God. Jesus answered, truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea, and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. If you could just bow your heads with me, I just want to pray for this message. Lord, I just pray that you would add a blessing to your word. Lord, I pray that you would uh, make the people's ears open. You would give them hearts to receive. Lord, I pray that a gift of faith uh, would be imparted in me, and I pray that a gift of faith would be imparted in the people to believe for the impossible. So, Lord, I thank you that your word will always find its mark. Lord, I pray that uh, the people would be edified, and I pray that the name of Jesus would be glorified here at New Hope this morning. And everybody said, Amen. Now, I've, I've taught before, and you guys may have heard it in other places, but that first line in that, uh, in that uh, scripture that we read, the, the have faith in God, that could actually be translated, and it has been translated um, in other translations, that you are to have the faith of God. Have the faith of God. Now, that changes the way that we really can perceive, or that changes the, almost the gist of the entire passage, because, you know, God has no doubt that he's going to succeed, amen? Like, God, when, when God said, let there be light, he wasn't sitting there like, all right, I'm going to try this. I don't know if it's going to work, but let me just try to speak this and let me see if it happens, right? There was no doubt in the mind of God because, you know, the one thing that God can't do is fail, amen? And so th there was no doubt in the mind of God that, that, that he will succeed, and so if you would take that to say have the faith of God, that would very much change things and it would change the way that you would look at this passage because uh, many people have faith 
in God, and, and they know that nothing is impossible for them, but, but where their faith starts to falter is they don't really know if God wants to do the impossible through them. They know that maybe God will do it for other people, or, and they know the things that God has done, but, but it's kind of this question, will, will God really do that for me? And a, a lot of people have already, most of you have already heard my testimony, how I, I radically encountered Jesus, and, you know, my life was just literally turned upside down. I mean, God just really changed my heart, and things that I, I once hated, now I loved, and things that I, I love now I hated, right? God totally changed uh, my, my life, and I started going to New Hope Church in Moon. If you don't know, I got saved in this church. This is the only church I've ever been an official member of, so, you know, maybe this will be the only church I've ever been a member of my entire life. But I started going, and, and New Hope at that time met over in Moon Township, and I started listening to the messages and getting to know other Christians, and I was learning the Bible, and I was getting excited that, that I was learning. I had this hunger, and I had this passion for the things of God, and, and any time they asked me to help, I would help out in, in any way I could. I, I ushered, I, I helped with children's church, I helped set up and tear down. Whatever they wanted me to do, I would, I, I would do it, and, and we met on Sundays, and they had a midweek Bible study, and, 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 um, and it, was, it was great. But I knew the background that I came from, that how God delivered me from drugs and alcohol and, and all the things that I went through in my life. And, and I knew there was lots of people like me who, who needed Jesus, and I, I, but I didn't really know where to start at. I, I didn't know where to go because when I was meeting at the, the church, it was, it, it was, you know, a lot of it was, what was family and a lot of the people that were there were kind of executives, and they worked in different big companies, and, you know, it was, it, it was a lot like a, like a country club. It wasn't super missional uh, when it came to reaching the, the lost, and I knew, like, you know, people like me need Jesus. They need to hear this message. They need the simplicity of, uh, of the gospel, and one day, um, somebody gave me this book, and, and it was called The Church That Never Sleeps by, by Matthew Barnett, and and, and it, was, it, it was all about the birth and, and how the L.A. Dream Center um, came about. It was, it, it was this, uh, th this, God gave the pastor this dream that, that church should be a hospital for the, the hurting. Just as you would go to a hospital for all kind of physical ailments. That, that the church should be a, a hospital for the spiritual ailments. Things like drug addiction and homelessness and abuse and and being aged out of the foster care system, and, and, and poverty, and all those things, and, and God provided for him to get this hospital, and, and he got this hospital building, and that's where um, us and the team stayed all week, and, and he had this hospital building, and, and every floor was sort of a, a, a different ministry, but, but I, didn't, I, I never had been there before, I just read the book, and I said, you know what, that's the kind of church that that I want to be a part of, and I knew that somehow, some way, that there was a day that was going to come where God was going to use me to build a church like that, not exactly like that, but, but a church with that same mission to reach the lost and the hurting and the broken. 
that's really what God wanted to do. And it was going to be more than just a church that just met on Sundays and Wednesdays. That it was going to be a church that never sleeps. It was going to be a church that, that had all these communities of, of, of healing in it. Recovery and, and, and homelessness and youth and, and anybody who's going through life. That they were actually going to live um, here on the church campus. And God was going to do all kind of different things uh, through us. And in 2006, we got word that uh, the Catholic Church was selling the old St. Stanislaus Church campus where we're, where we're meeting now. And um, before, we rented a, an auditorium, and, and so we rent an auditorium in a school, in a, in a Christian school, and we had some office space, but we really didn't have, like, space space like we do now, and we didn't have something that, that was our own, and and long story short, in 2006, New Hope Church moved from Moon Township over here to Ambridge and bought this property. And I can remember just walking into the church the first day. And, I mean, if you guys look up and think it's bad now, man, you should have saw it when we first walked in here. Amen. <laughs> and we walked in here and, you know, the, the chip paint and the altars were, were tore out. And there was old green carpet up here and. But it was beautiful. And, and God gave me a vision of, it, it was like it played in a movie in my head about, you know, just like we had today, every, the church filled and people worshiping and, and, and that there was this whole community of healing that was kind of rallied around the gospel. All these changed and redeemed lives were going to be here. And, and, I, and the, the movie kept playing. Now, keep in mind, pastoring wasn't on the radar at all for me. I just was like, wow, you know, God's really going to do this. And, and I had these seeds in my mind and, and it, that we were going to be this city on a hill. We were going to be, you know, a hospital over here on the East Coast for the broken. And, and we were going to see people's lives change, that, that shining light on the hill. But how many of you know that Ambridge and Moon Township are very different neighborhoods? And I don't know that everyone in the old church was totally comfortable with their new surroundings. And, and it, it seemed that like a bunch of people began leaving. And, and it was like, I was like, well, you know, like we all voted like that we were going to be here. And like we're going to be on mission and Ambridge needs us. And, and we're going to see all these great things happen. And, and people were leaving. But it was only because God was doing a new thing. And the people that had an old thought of what church was supposed to be like, didn't really understand the new thing that, that, that God was doing, and, and I had no idea that God was actually going to move some people aside to, to raise me up, to, to lead the church, and I always wanted to have a church that was different than other churches. My plan wasn't just to do the church growth models and try to build a, a big church with the traditional church growth strategies. My goal was just to meet people where they're at and find people who were hurting and broken and, and those places where the devil has used to destroy people's lives and, and build ministry communities and break all of those strongholds through the power of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. And, and because I had a background in, you know, uh, drugs and alcohol and um, I, I started a, a Celebrate Recovery, that was the, the first ministry that that, that my pastor would let me start, and pretty soon that, 
that ministry grew larger than the church that was meeting on Sunday. And we began filling the church up with ex-drug addicts and ex-alcoholics that were getting free and, and finding Jesus. And, and the church began growing. And then we knew that we needed more than that. We needed more. We needed a place where people could actually go because people would that people would send uh, other people to our church to get help, and they would come to the recovery group. But they would be like, "I don't have anywhere to go, and and I don't know how to get my life back together." And I didn't have an answer for them, so we started the bridge. Right? We started the bridge men's transitional home, and that 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 recovery home is still there today. And so many people have went through that ministry. And we just kept pushing and we just kept believing God and, and we knew that God wanted to, to launch more of these types of community ministry homes. And in the middle of, of COVID and the pandemic, right, God opened up the door for us to get the house um, catty corner across the street and the vacant land for, for more parking so that we could open up Hope's Haven, which was going to be a home for women who were pregnant and didn't have anywhere to go and and I knew that that God wanted to do even more and God has been building his church faithfully just like he showed me back in 2006 but how many of you know that sometimes when you have a dream that God places on your heart sometimes it takes a lot longer than you want it to around here you probably heard me say that we like microwaves, but God seems to be more into slow cookers. He seems to like crockpots more than microwaves. And, you know, time begins to march on and, and life begins to happen. Financial issues begin to come up. And, and, and when you're helping hurting people, many times it feels like you, you never have enough money. But God always comes through, but, but those budget issues just over time just begin to to weigh on you, and, and then things happen personally with, with, with family and kids, and there's things that, that need to be dealt with, and, and sometimes there's health issues that, that you need to overcome, and, and people who you thought were going to be by your side for uh, the whole journey and, and help, all of a sudden they leave and they, they go away, and people betray you, and, and you lose friendships, and people that are supposed to be helping you and encouraging you and leading you begin to tell you that, that what you're trying to do will never work, and, and you just need to be practical, and, and you need to just think in practical terms because, you know, it's just all pie in the sky, and it sounds good, but, but we don't know if it's going if, if to happen, but guess what? I don't want to be practical. I don't want to be practical. Like, I want to see God move. I want to see something different. Is God practical? Was it practical for Abraham to believe that he was going to have a kid at 100 years old? No. Is it, is it practical for God to send an 80-year-old man by the name of Moses and his brother with a staff to go confront the Pharaoh and to get the Hebrew people released from slavery? Is it practical for Joshua and his army to go to a stronghold, a walled city called Jericho, and just march around it and then shout and expect the walls to fall down? Is it practical for a teenage boy by the name of David to go and try to face a, a giant soldier, a killer by the name of 
Goliath to face him with just a sling and a stone. Listen, none of these things are practical. And that's where I want to be. That's the faith that I want to have. That's the faith that I want you to have. But if I'm going to be totally honest with everybody this morning, because of some of the things that, that I talked about, sometimes it's very easy for discouragement to set in. Sometimes you get weary. Sometimes you get tired. And I wonder how many people today were believing God for something better in your life. Whether it was believing something better for your family, or you were believing something better for your finances, or maybe you're, you're believing to get free from drugs and alcohol and you just can't seem to get free, or maybe you were believing God that you would have your own ministry, but it just doesn't seem like anything is moving in the right direction and you're tired and you're discouraged. Because if we're not careful, what can happen is we can decide to lower our expectations to what other people think is practical. And we, we begin to lower our expectations to what we think we can accomplish in our own strength. Instead of believing in a God that can do exceedingly abundantly more than we could ever dream of or imagine. And this morning what we're going to do is we're going to look at a story of a man who by all accounts should have gave up on his dream. He should have been discouraged, but he never lost his faith in God. And although accomplishing his dream could have happened quick, because he was around a bunch of unbelieving people, it took 40 years longer than what it was supposed to, to take. So if you have your Bibles, let's turn very quickly to the book of Joshua, chapter 14. And we're going to talk about a guy by the name of Caleb. And I touched on him briefly at the Friday night service. And I felt that God put him on my heart to go ahead and, and, and expound the story of Caleb. And just to give you guys a little bit of a background, um, we're going to go back to about 1,500 years before the birth of Jesus. And, um, and, and basically, uh, they are now in the promised land. So Moses had led the, the people from, uh, from Egypt, the Red Sea opened. And they were in the wilderness for 40 years. Joshua had become Moses' successor. And they had crossed over into the promised land. And so that's where we're going to pick it up. And, and I'll explain a little bit more of the story as we get into uh, the scripture. But we're going to begin at verse 6 this morning. Joshua 14, verse 6. It says, Now the people of Judah approached Joshua at Gilgal. And Caleb... The son of Jephunneh the Kezanite said to him, You know what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, at Kadesh Barnea about you and me. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me back from Kadesh Barnea to explore the land. And I brought him back a report according to my conviction. But my fellow Israelites who went up with me made the hearts of the people melt in fear. I, however, followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly, so that on that day Moses swore to me, the land on which your feet have walked will be your inheritance, and that of your children forever, because you have followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. So Caleb had this word from the Lord that he would inherit a certain piece of land when he was 40. But... He was with a bunch of unbelieving people 
that should have joined him in faith, but they did not believe. See, when Moses crossed over to the promised land, he decided to, well, he was in the wilderness, and, and they had 12 spies, and they said, go over and spy out the promised land. See what it looks like. See what it's all about. Now, God had already promised to give them that land. So they weren't to go out and decide whether they were going to take it or not. God had already said, it's yours. But these 12 spies go over, and they, they spy out the promised land, and they said, you know, it's, it's great just like God said it was. And they came back with this big, like a stick with, the, with these big thing of grapes because the ground was just so, so bountiful. And they said, it's everything that God said it was. But there's giants in the land. And we're probably not going to be able to take it. And out of those 12 spies, there's only two. There was Joshua and Caleb that said, you know, if, if God said we can take it, then we can take it. No matter what it looks like. But, but the other ten, their doubt and unbelief, they, it stirred all the people up and, and it angered God. And, and because those other people failed to believe, it was only Joshua and Caleb of their entire generation that made it into the promised land. And God ma marched them around in the wilderness for 40 years until that entire unbelieving generation died off. And only Joshua and Caleb crossed over to the promised land. And... And so, by this time, now Caleb's 85 years old, and he's believing in the promises of God. And most people would have said, you know what, I know you had a promise from God. I know God put a dream in your heart, but you're 85 years old. Maybe you just need to relax. Maybe you need to start a shuffleboard league. Maybe you need to give up on your dreams. Maybe you need to chill out. Maybe you just need to be practical. You're 85. What are you going to do? Maybe you should just chill out. But his response was very different than most people think that he should respond. We're going to pick it up in verse 10. Now then, just as the Lord promised, he has kept me alive for 45 years since the time he said this to Moses, while Israel moved about in the wilderness. So here I am today, 85 years old. I'm still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. I'm just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. Now give me this mountain that the Lord promised me that day. You yourself heard then that the Anakites were there and their cities were large and fortified. But the Lord helping me, I will drive them out just as he says. See, this is the spirit that we need to have. We, we don't need to have the spirit that says, you know what, the giants are too great. We need to have the spirit that says, give me this mountain. Could somebody here this morning just shout right where they're at and say, give me this mountain. Me this mountain. Somebody say, it's time to take the mountain. Caleb had every reason to give up on his dream, but he had a word from God and he had a dream that God gave him. He was ready to go to take the mountain. Verse 13. Then Joshua blessed Caleb, the son of Jephunneh. I don't know if that is the right way to say it, neither do you. So, and gave him Hebron as an inheritance. So Hebron has belonged to Caleb, son of Jephunneh, the Kezanite, ever since. Because he followed the Lord, the God of Israel, wholeheartedly. Hebron used to be called 
Cariath, Arba, after Arba, who was the greatest man among the Anakites. And it's subtle here, but the same mountain that Caleb now owns was named after the greatest giant and an entire tribe of giants. And Caleb changed the name to Hebron because he defeated every giant and he chased them off the land that God had given them. The final verse says, then the land had rest from war. See, Caleb wholeheartedly followed the Lord. He didn't give up, he didn't back up, and he wouldn't shut up. And today, I'm drawing a line in the sand, and I'm declaring here at New Hope Community Church that today, it is time to take the mountain. And I, I want to I, I look at three things, three things that, that, that will try to stop us, and three things that we cannot allow to defeat us. Number one, Caleb did not listen to people who have no faith. Don't take advice from unbelievers. Don't take advice from church people who don't have any faith. Caleb didn't listen to the people who had no faith. I've said many times from this church, honestly, my message hasn't really changed. I, I've really been talking about the same stuff my first year as I, as I talk about now, but, but I've just been persistent and I've just stood and, and I've seen some things come to pass, but, but honestly, I've had people mock me. I've had people laugh at me. I've had people doubt me. I, I can remember preaching and talking about that we were going to change the world and we were going to change our community and, and all the ministries that we were going to build. And I can remember, you know, I can remember one older lady, you know, oh, that's some nice thoughts, sonny boy, bless your heart. You know, just kind of, you know, and I, I knew what was happening. But guess what? This church wasn't my idea. It was God's idea. And I refused to try to be reasonable or, or practical or adopt the franchise model church. That's, that, that's, not, that's not what I'm about. And, and, and out of that, those, those 12 spies, it was only Joshua and Caleb that, that, that believed God that they could defeat all the giants and, and take the promised land. And only Joshua and Caleb were the ones who, who saw the promised land. They were, they were willing to believe God for what seemed impossible and, and what seemed impractical. I, I remember that, that I was declaring we, we had, this building was winterized. The, the boiler didn't work. It was, it was broke down and, and the place needed extensive repairs and and we were having church down in the fellowship hall. And we were barely filling that place up. And, and I felt faith rise up into me one day. And I said, you know what, this Easter, it was only just a few months away. I said, this Easter, we're going to move over to the big sanctuary. And we're going to start having, having church there. And I remember kind of overhearing a conversation. They didn't know that I was kind of right around the corner. And one of the people that was supposed to be one of my main leaders in the church was talking to somebody and they said yeah you know you know pastor rick you know he's crazy you know and you know and he says this stuff and you know and i mean he he thinks that we're going to be over there by easter and you know it's going to take us at least 10 years before we're even ready to 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 move to move over there and I, and I really, like, it, it kind of 
it hurt me because I'm like, man, like this is this is a word of God and you're doubting the word of God and and you're just getting practical. And I thought you were my right hand man. But like, I don't need a bunch of doubting Thomases around me. I, I don't I, I don't need a, a bunch of of people that that are doubting. I, I, I don't need the unbelieving spies to to be on my team to tell me that the giants are too big and and the challenges are too great. What I need is I need some Joshua's and I need some Caleb's that are that are ready to to roll their sleeves up and say we are well able to take the land. Somebody yell this out. Say we are well able to take the land. And Caleb didn't worry about how long that it took. We talked about Caleb was given the promise when he was 40 years old. And he didn't see it come to pass until he was 85. But I can tell you this, God will do exactly what he said he will do. God will accomplish his purposes. It might not be right away. It might not be when you think it should happen. It might not be on your timing. But if God said it, it's going to happen. Elisha prayed and, and he believed God for a double portion of Elijah's anointing. He said, I want a double portion of that anointing. Elijah did eight notable miracles. And then Elisha with, with a double portion in his life, he did 15 miracles. You could say, well, he didn't really have the double portion because he was, he was close. I mean, he did more miracles, but he was one short. Until one day... There was a man that died and they threw him on the grave of Elisha. They threw him on the bones and he came back to life. There was enough anointing left in Elisha's bones that, that God did what he promised, even if he had to do it through some bones in a grave. God will do what he called to do. The Bible says that through faith and through patience, we inherit the promises of God. Through faith and through patience. Being patient with God's timing and keeping your faith the entire time. That's how you inherit the promises of God. And when you've given your life to something, like I've given my life to this ministry, and you continue to put one foot in front of the other, we know that we will see God's promise come to pass. How do you eat an elephant? You eat it one bite at a time. You keep eating a bite at a time. It might take you a while, but eventually that elephant's going to go away. You get three or four bites in, you're like, man, I don't know if I can do this. But if you keep going, and you just keep going on the path, keep going on the path that, that God called you to do. Don't get distracted. Don't, 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 don't lose your faith. Don't allow the voices to come in your head. Just stay faithful. Just stay faithful and stay on the path with God. And finally... Caleb wasn't scared of the giants. He's not scared of the giants. And anything that you do that's worth doing is going to have opposition. It's going to have things that come up. Caleb had real giants that he had to fight in hand-to-hand -hand combat. Real giants that he had to fight at 85 years old. But guess what? God gave him the land. See, when God says it's yours, it's yours. When God gives you a promise, when he gives you a word, you're going to see that, that, that come to pass. Because if, if you're on the side of God, guess what? 
the winner of the battle has already been decided. All we have to do is, is get out our sword, the sword of the Spirit, and fight knowing that the battle is not ours, the battle is the Lord's. We just have to go, and, and you might not have to fight a, a real giant, but you might have to face a financial giant, or, or a health giant, or a discouragement giant, or a betrayal giant. Or, or we've never done it that way type giant. Or I've never seen anything happen like that giant. But the power of God every time will make every giant fall that's in your path. Every single one. Every single one. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Not just some things. I can do all things. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care what the doubter says. I don't care what the banker says. We don't need a banker. We got the almighty God as our banker. Amen. Your dream is possible. You just have to ignore people who have no faith. And you have to be willing to push and push and push no matter how long it takes. You have to understand that there will be obstacles and there will be challenges in the way. But God will help you and he'll work with you. And you will overcome every challenge that is in your path. Two weeks ago, I got to finally go to the Dream Center. The place that I read about. The place that inspired me so many years ago. And despite all the things that I told you about when I got there and when I began walking around the campus and seeing how massive it was and I realized that it just wasn't a fairy tale, that, that, that God was really doing something like that on the other side of the country, all of a sudden I remembered my dream. And I remember how inspired I was and, and, and how excited I was that, that God was going to build a church just like that right here. And I saw every ministry and, and I met with the pastor for the first time in person and I got to talk to him and I got to talk to him about the things that, that, that God was, was doing here. And I can tell you this morning that deep down inside of me something has been lit up once again and I'm ready to take the mountain. I'm ready to, I'm ready to do the things that, that God called me to do and see New Hope Church become that city on the hill, that, that refuge for the weary, that lighthouse for the lost, the, the hospital for the broken, the hands and feet of Jesus Christ in our neighborhood. I'm ready to expand the vision of, of the men's home, to open up Hope's Haven, to, to open up a kitchen that's going to feed people, to have a, a youth center and a youth home. And listen, that is just the beginning of the things that God is going to do because he can do exceedingly abundantly more than we can ever dream of or imagine. But, but I need people to believe with me. And I need people to stand with me and say that, that we are well able to take the land. We are able to accomplish the impossible with, with God on our side. I don't need run-of-the-mill, once-a-week, ankle-deep Christians. I need some giant killers on my side. I need faith-speaking, blood-bought, sold-out men and women who are willing to shout and are willing to declare that today it is time to take the mountain. Could we stand to our feet? Lord, I just pray right now.
in the name of Jesus. That every dream, every prophetic word that has been stomped on and trampled on, that, that we gave up on, that our faith became weary, that we became tired and discouraged, I just pray that in the name of Jesus, that every stronghold would be broken, every doubt, every lie of the devil would be broken. And I thank you that every spiritual blessing is laid up for us in heavenly places. We call those blessings down in the name of Jesus. And I pray for a season of acceleration. I pray for a season of increase in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for what you're going to do. And I thank you for your word. May we remember this day always that it's time to take the mountain. Lord, I pray every resource, whether that's a person, I pray that everybody who is like-minded and who's ready to take the land would come and hook up to what God is doing here. Pray that you would give us strategies. Pray that you would give us everything we need in the name of Jesus. And if you believe it, shout amen. Amen. If you guys can take your seat very quickly. We got a couple things that we're going to close with today. If you feel that you're lost and you've never made Jesus your Lord and Savior, because the thing about it is I'm talking about dreams and I'm talking about the things that God can do. But it starts with making one single step to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you don't do that, then you're going to spend the rest of your life like you're swimming like against a current upstream. But when you give your life to Jesus, when you surrender, and when you give all to him, all your sin, all your shame, when you accept the gift of Jesus, and say yes to Jesus, all of a sudden you get into a flow of the Holy Spirit. And all of a sudden you decide that you have a maker and he has a plan for you that has been established for you before you were even in your mother's womb. And if you've never made Jesus your Lord and Savior, the Bible is clear that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All of us. All of us have sinned, all of us have broken God's law. There was one person who was good, and his name was Jesus, and they killed him. Everybody else has fallen short of the glory of God and needs a Savior. And without that Savior, we will face God on Judgment Day with the weight of our sin. And the Bible says the wages of sin is death, and that is an eternal death. And there's nothing that we can do to work our way up to God, but, but God sent his son to come down to us. To live the life that we could never live. To die the death that we should have died as a sacrifice for our sin. So that we could be redeemed. So that we could put our faith in him and that we could become children of God. If I could just get every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you today. You've never made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior. You've never had a time where, where you said, yes, I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. You need to have a time and you need to have a place where you declared that, hey, this is when I did that. 
that's you today and you've never made Jesus your Lord and Savior, I just want you to stick a hand up just as a sign of faith and to say, today I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. Amen. God sees your hand. He knows your heart. Anybody else? Anybody else today? I feel like I should just sit here just for another 30 seconds. I know that this can be a hard thing to do, but... When Jesus died for us, he died publicly. And if you raise your hand to, to take that step, I'm just going to ask that you just take a step forward and just meet me at the front. Just meet me at the front. I'm not here to embarrass you, but, but, but this is going to make all the difference. If you do want to step front, I just want to solidify that and pray with you. So if you raise your hand to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, just right now, just don't, don't give it a whole bunch of thought. Just step out of where you're at and just come up front. If you can just come up front, because we have, could we give a round of applause as they come? Amen. Amen. Just want to thank you so much for taking that step, and I'm just gonna, we're just gonna pray a prayer together, and it's called the Sinner's Prayer, and. In and of itself, it's not a magic formula, but if you felt God drawing on you, that was the Holy Spirit. And we're going to pray this prayer of faith, and I'm going to come into agreement with you, and it has all the power to take you out of the kingdom of darkness and bring you into the light. All your sins will be washed away, and you'll be forgiven, and you'll be a child of God forever. Amen? If you just want to take my hand, just repeat after me. Just say, Lord Jesus, I come to you. I'm sorry for the way I've lived the things I've done. I'm a sinner, but you're my Savior. And I believe that you died in my place for my sins. Send the Holy Spirit to live within me and change me. And I'll follow you for all my days. And today, I confess that I'm saved, that I'm forgiven, that I'm born again in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can I get a hug? Welcome to the family of God. You want to welcome her to the family of God, please feel free. See, we got to celebrate because there's a party that kicked off in heaven with her name on it. Amen. Amen. So we got one more thing that we're about to do. I saw him sitting in the back, then I lost him. Where's Paul at? There he is. He moved on me. He moved on me. Well, you know, if you don't know, if you don't know Brother Paul, you got to get to know him. He has a powerful testimony. Um, you know, has given his life to help people with, with service dogs and just uh, amazing, gave his life to Jesus, was baptized with him and his wife, and, and he's just been a, a shining light, and he has some people today that want to get baptized, and we're so happy to see that, so as a church, I know we're going a little bit late today, but God is moving, amen, and so I just want to encourage you, if you just want to make your way up to the front and 
the people who are going to be baptized, you can just step up. If anybody else wants to be baptized today, maybe you don't have a change of clothes or, or whatever, but you know what, the water's warm and God is good. And so if you want to, just step up. But Brother Paul's going to jump into baptismal. And if you guys just want to make your way forward, get into a place where you can see, you can come up on the stage. Uh, and maybe if we could have somebody from the worship team. Evan around. All right. If we get somebody to just give us some light music. When we give our lives to Christ, our, our next step of obedience, oh, there you are. The, the next step of obedience is just going ahead and... Uh, Getting water baptized, which represents the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. some sound. Is it on? There we go. Amen. Step right up. Somebody help her out. Praise God. Walk down the aisle and getting baptized in the same day. Amen. This is water, Dan. Just don't drop it. Trust God. I've known Marcy a long time. <clears throat> we share. children died together. Well, they didn't die together. They died the same day. So, when I met Dan, um, I fought through this. Paul, if you could just throw that microphone right up by I, your mouth. I fought buddy. through this, right. and I did it by myself until I became saved. Um, like Marcy. Marcy has come to church and do you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior? I do. And you saw her up here today. Um, Marcy can inspire you with her story. Because just like everybody here, everyone has a story. And Marcy has a story. And some of you need to sit down because you've been through some dark times too and talk to her. Would you like to share anything?
baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. What I'd like for you to do, this here, this here. You're buried with Jesus. So this gentleman coming down here, I've met him many, many years ago. Dan turned on the heat for you. Thank you, thank you. Appreciate it. He knew you didn't like cold. No, right here. So Cecil, when I met him, and he's going to tell you a little bit his story, this man inspires me because of what he went through and how he changed his life. He's changed his life and he went through something that most of us couldn't go through. Would you like to share a little bit of what you've done? What you went through? Um... I'll try to make a connection with everybody here through a movie. It came out in the 90s. It's called The Lost Boys. I don't know if everybody's familiar with it or not. It's a good movie. But I grew up a lost boy. Before I was born, my father was in prison. By the time I was seven, my mother was addicted to drugs. So I was a lost boy in that carnival of hell. I have a name for mine. It's called Homewood in Pittsburgh. Some of you might be familiar with that area. But I grew up in that carnival of hell. Through it all, I played the games. I lost a lot. I lost a lot of my peers, a lot of other lost boys. I maybe I may have two friends left out of dozens. They're all dead or in jail, and they're never getting out. I went to prison myself. I got out of jail maybe three years ago. And, but I decided, like, this is a chance for me to escape that hellish carnival that I was lost in as a lost boy. I wasn't arrested. I wasn't arrested. I was actually rescued. Literally was rescued. I, I wanted out. I didn't have a way out. I didn't have any mentors. I didn't have a father. I didn't have all my uncles and aunts. They were all part of that carnival. They were on roller coasters doing their own thing. So when I got arrested, I was rescued. And I decided to embrace it. I didn't look at it as a bad thing. It was, but I decided that I committed to myself that I was going to come out of here a better person. So I did everything I could to use that time wisely and just equip myself with enough knowledge and skills as possible so that I can apply them. And when I was in there, I met Paul. I'm really, I'm a highly, Neither am I'm a highly, highly functional introvert. Like, I can thrive and swim amongst 
people, but I, I can, this is not my comfort zone. But I met Paul. You know, he seen that I was serious, and, and he, he took me serious. You know, it was time for, me, for them doors to open. He said, give me a call. So even before I got out, I was in touch with him. And he made sure I got out and landed on my feet. Like he was my family. Not no slight to, you know, my, my family family. But, you know, I had, I had lost them through years of me in that amusement park messing up. They were like, all right, you're just going to come out and do the same thing again. But Paul, he had faith in me. So, and ever since then, I've been proving myself to myself and to God that I'm serious. He, he, he opens doors, and I just walk through them without any, you know, fear or anything. So I've been walking through doors since I got rescued. Here I am today, still walking through doors. This is huge for me. But I'm walking through the door willingly. So, and he doesn't walk through doors. He, he bursts through them. Like, like seriously, like, I, like, he ins like he doesn't know it, but he inspires me every day. I don't tell him, and that's what I told him over there. Because I don't tell him doesn't mean he doesn't. And you're going to inspire other people here, like, later on. And please do not hesitate to talk to this young man to help you out, okay? Do you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Bend a little bit. I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Now, this is going to be an emotional one because this is my daughter. She's wearing a boot because she kicked me in the shin, so... One foot's bigger than the other. And just like Cecil, I'm not going to get emotional. So I remember you when you were born, and today you're going to be born again. So I've watched her become the most amazing daughter, the most amazing mother to my granddaughter. Do you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Yes. I have watched her blossom and 
become the woman she is. She has had a troubled life and the way that she grew up, it's amazing. It's amazing. Um, a lot of her friends wouldn't be here. Most of her friends wouldn't be here, but she's here. And I can't tell you what this means to me. a lifeguard like Cecil, evidently. I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. you I baptize you in the name of the Father in the name of the Father Can we just all celebrate for a moment what the Lord is doing here? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I just want to pray a blessing over you guys, and then we'll close out service today. May the Lord bless you. Oh. We, we got one more. Sorry. Glory to God. Amen. here. Amen. All right, Megan. Hi. It's going good. How are you? So, you know, as we all know, last week Dan challenged all of us to um, bring somebody here that needs to get baptized. And although I didn't bring anybody, God did. God brought somebody. And I jumped literally at the opportunity to baptize you, Megan. I'm just so excited. I haven't known you for very long, 
but in the time that I have known you, you have grown so much emotionally, spiritually, in every single way. And I just know that God is going to, he's going to bless you with this recommitment. And he is just going to lavishly put all of his blessings onto you. And I'm just so excited to do this for you. Can you tell us why you want to get rebaptized? Uh, I grew up in a Christian family. I've been, I've been blessed to be raised in the Lord since my birth. Um, when I was about 11 or 12, I, I got baptized and I dedicated myself to the Lord. And it's been about 10 years and I would like to dedicate myself again. <laughs> so good. So Megan, do you believe that God is your Lord and Savior? I do. So I baptize you in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. That's what I'm talking about. If she would have known that she was baptizing, I highly doubt she would have wore that dress. But God's not practical, amen? Lord, I thank you for, I thank you for what's happened today. Lord, I pray that you would seal it. Pray you would seal this day. Pray you would bless everybody's lives, Lord, that your hand of blessing would rest upon each and every man, woman, and child here. Lord, we thank you that greater days are ahead, that our greatest days are ahead of us and not behind us. We thank you that you're faithful to keep every promise that you've given us and not one word of yours will fall to the ground, Lord. We just praise you, we honor you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen, go take your mountain, God bless you. Oh, my. 
happens for a reason but you don't know what you don't know and you'll never have peace if you don't let go of tomorrow cause it ain't even fake till your plan falls apart but you still choose to follow if it doesn't make sense right now and well when it's over there will be joy in the morning there will be joy in the morning giving in to your feelings is like drowning in the shallows oh you gotta keep believing even in the middle of the unknown Cause grace will be there when you come to the end of your rope and you let go It may feel like you're going down now, but the story isn't over There will be joy in the morning There will be joy There's honey in the rock, water in the stone, then I on the ground, no matter where I go. I don't need to worry now that I know everything I need, you got there's honey in the rock. Pray for a miracle, thirsty. Satisfied 
gonna be some brighter days I swear that love will find you in your pain I feel it in me like the beating of life in my veins I know there's gonna be some brighter days I know there's gonna be some brighter days Ashes fall from burning dreams Oh, never live through times like these Oh, if you're trying hard to breathe in the dark In the dark I know there's gonna be some brighter days yes, I swear that love will find you God of creation, there at the start, before the beginning of time. With no point of reference, 
spoke to the dark and fleshed out the wonder of light. And as you speak, a hundred billion galaxies are born. I can see your heart in everything you make. Every burning star signifies grace. And if creation sings your praises, so will I. Sky, canvas of you. 
Chase down my heart through all of my failure and pride. On the hill you created, the light of the world abandoned in darkness to die. And as you speak, a hundred billion fairies disappear. Well, you lost your life so I could find it here. night put the heavy on me woke up and i'm feeling lonely this world got a way of showing me, showing me. some days it'll lift you up some days it'll call you bluff man most of my days i ain't got enough
Break every chain, break every chain, break every 
I was buried beneath my shame Who could carry that kind of weight? It was my turn Till I made Yeah. 